Hello. Hi. You're actually here. I know. I can touch your leg. You can your touch my leg. Muscular thigh. Muscular. You can do that as much as you want, mate. It's, it's nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. It's nice to be back in Babel HQ. It is. It's cosy again. It is. It's tidy, listeners. He's, he's had a little spring clean. It's always tidy. What do you talk about? Wow. Well, what do you talk about, will you? Don't don't shrug at me like I'm some sort of. Well, no, I'm not. Like, hoarder. No, I'm not. You are a hoarder. Those are two different things. You are a hoarder. You're not filthy by any stretch of the imagination, but well, you are a, like a womble. Well, the wombling has been reduced. Yeah, recently, that's, that's what I'm commenting upon. And uh, I've reduced my wombleization of the room. Yeah, it's got a good feng shui. <laughs> Is that what? It, who's who's that that lady that the, the Chinese lady or Korean lady that's going around tidying houses? Oh, I see. I have no idea who she Rosemary is. Rosemary Chung or something like that. It might be a very... Is that her name? Is her name Ooh, Rosemary Chung? I'm not sure. I don't I don't want to say... The lady okay. who's on television. A lot of people have been complaining about that sort of thing. I personally like a nice tidy space. I do too. Tidy space, tidy mind. Mm, indeed. I, I 100% believe that. I don't know if I'd want to watch a programme about someone doing it. No. A good way to tidy your mind is to take a vacation, though. Oh, what a... F- you are the king of segways. Well, you know You this. are riding around on a segway with a crown. <laughs> yes, it is a good way. Because we've both been away. We have. That's why we've struggled to be in HQ. But, yeah, we have both been on holiday. Vacays. We've been on vacays. New trips. Business trips. City breaks. Yeah, it was nice. Where did you go? Glasgow. Beautiful. Went back home to the promised land. <laughs> Although, nearly didn't make it. Oh, why? Um, arrive at the airport approximately an hour and a half before the flight. Right. Now, I'm going to say... I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to blame anyone specifically. But I can categorically say it wasn't my fault. <laughs> right? So, you do what you do when you go to an airport normally is... Everybody just kind of um, descends nah, nah. on Weatherspoons. Nah, yeah, the sheep the, Yeah. So, sat in Weatherspoons, flights um, taking off at half past six. At about quarter past six, I start getting a little bit antsy about the fact that we're not sat on a plane. Yeah. So I say, shouldn't we be boarding now? No, it's okay. Okay, well, I'm just going to go and have a look at the the board, yeah. just to see. Now, it was about 22 minutes past six at this point, and I go over to the board and see gate shut in three minutes. <laughs> so I calmly walk back over and say, the gate shuts in three minutes. And all of a sudden, the realisation of, Fuck! What are we doing? <laughs> so we run full pelt. It's like fucking home at home alone. <laughs> Dad, I need my batteries. Need some batteries. We're fucking running through Gatwick, hopping over children and novelty suitcases and <laughs> not really, you know, three for fifteen pound bars of Toblerone. Trying to get to, we get to the fucking gate, and the woman on the gate scans our boarding passes. And we go through and we're kind of waiting. And she's like, you need to run. They might not let you on the flight. We're like, wait, this isn't the gate. She's like, no. So, honestly, I had to run a full pelt. 
And I've stupidly because I don't have a wheelie suitcase. I've got a holdall, like a fucking duffel bag. So I've got that over one shoulder, and I'm holding onto it, sprinting in two jackets because I couldn't fit them in my bag. <laughs> and in Doc Martens, running full power, and we get to the gate. We walk up, and she's like, "We need to radio through to the plane." to see if they'll let you on because we're closed oh my god and we're like what the fuck are you talking about so one of them's going just wait here the other one's going come through come through come through <laughs> so like what one of you make up your fucking mind I don't know what I'm doing so eventually we kind of they're like okay you're fine you gotta go so we run I'm like right turn a corner onto the plane it's another fucking Kubrickian hallway. <laughs> so we have to fucking sprint down this other hallway. It's like, literally, I'm sweating, fucking running. We get to the plane, and they're like, oh, we're going to have to put your bags underneath. There's no room. I was like, oh, fucking hell. We get on the plane, and they're like, oh, you just made it. And we're like, yeah, I get it. Turn into the plane. Our seats are on the second to back row of the cabin, and we've got to walk through the whole plane. Everyone's looking at you. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Put our bags wherever they would fit, sat down, and it was like, Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. The plane is now taking off. Like 20 seconds, mate, and we nearly missed the flight. Jesus. Which I've never been in that situation before. But it's when you see an airport at that pace hmm. it's you start to notice things that you've never noticed before <laughs> and it's just like we've spoken before on the pod obviously about how airports are, are, are kind of chasms of misery yeah. because as we said you're either going somewhere good or coming back from somewhere good going somewhere shit yeah. so there's this kind of weird purgatory but just like when you start to look at what's there and what's available to you mm. like why is there a um what do you call it the under the underwear shop um fucking and summers no the other one that's victoria's secret Victoria's Secret. so yeah. like, why who's coming to an airport and being like well i was gonna buy myself some frilly knickers because that's what they sell <laughs> frilly knickers but yeah man it was fucking it was stressful it was stressful <clears throat> And we got on the plane and I was just like pranging because I was kind of half sweaty, <laughs> half like panting. Um, but, you know, I Fun. can run, so... Oh, that's good. Yeah. That is good. What about you? Where did you go? I went to Amsterdam. Exciting. It was very pleasant. Yeah, did you go to Anne Frank's house? Uh, we walked around outside it. Because I gave... Listeners, for Christmas, I because I have no originality, gave Lee and his wife some euros and with the specific um, instructions to only use it on entrance to Anne Frank's house so I'm pretty sure they spent those fucking euros and if you didn't go into Anne Frank's house well hang on okay we attempted to go into Anne Frank's house right but there is a strict online only policy as, as regard for buying tickets oh really with a waiting list at the point where we were stood at the front door of a month and a half Wow. And honestly, the the chain of people going in and out, because obviously they've got allotted times, was still ridiculous. Really? There were so many people. Like, it, it must just be just all year round, popular de- destination. Everyone wants to go there. History buffs, you know, people just want to go there all the time. It's, it's mad. Yeah. But the, the first time that I ever went to Amsterdam, this was the fourth, the first time we went, it was the height of summer, and 
I swear to God, the queue, because they didn't have this online only system then, you could still pay at the door. Right. And the queue must have been a good quarter of a mile long, but like six people wide. Fuck. It was unbelievable. It was an entire road was just a queue, which is obviously why they've done the online system yeah, now, yeah, because yeah. that was just getting dangerous. So, yeah, so we tried. We did try. Okay, I'll let you off then. Uh, instead, we bought pastries with your money, so yeah. it was well spent. My belly thanks you. Yeah. Uh, Amsterdam was really good. Uh, we stay. Uh, there's a few. There's a couple of gripes that people that don't know about Amsterdam that when they first go, yeah, it, it bugs them. One is the lack of uh, situa- situational awareness as far as bicycles are concerned. Sure. If you've never been to Amsterdam, you won't know that in the height of any day. There's approximately one thousand bicycles aiming for you. Yeah, well, I mean, I've I went once, but I was like eighteen when I was at college, and we went for about a day and a half, so we didn't really experience Amsterdam yeah. in its fullest. Yeah, I mean, it is it's crazy. Uh, another thing is the stairs. The stairs everywhere are vertical, <laughs> and they are sometimes spiral, like in the place that I stayed. Oh no! Lucky I was on the only on the second floor this time. But yeah, it, it's literally like trying to climb a fireman's pole while spinning around it. It's oh ridiculous. wait, shit! You showed me, didn't you? Because we yeah. FaceTimed. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they looked treacherous. Man. They they were horrible. Yeah, they were not. It was like the kind of stairs you would imagine in um, Wipeout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It? it would be one like of the Wipeout run, challenges, like run up the stairs, run down there. Yeah, some sort of magical power just occurred. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was fun. I I enjoyed it. So. Um, would recommend 10 out of 10 go back would you yes definitely what was your number one thing that you did whilst you were there the number one well I did a couple of things but number one has to be Dr. Gunther von Hagen's body worlds oh shit so he's the guy the German doctor that did that TV show the about crazy, dissecting bodies yeah, and yeah. stuff Dr. Okay. Schmerz's I've heard I really want to go to the exhibition it looks amazing uh, it was crazy I think I think this is different from when it first opened because it was called The Happiness Project and it right. basically follows the trail of humans um, within their bodily changes as they go through the process of life wow. and more specifically the reproduction of Oh okay, uh, and it shows you how everything works. But he, he's got this uh, this this technique called plastination, which is very strange because it allows you to look at these bodies in a sort of like that's a you know that that's a, a plastic representation yeah. of a body, and then you realise no, it's not. Mm. That's that's real, whatever part of the anatomy I'm looking at. And I'll tell you, there's some parts of the anatomy to look at. Right. There's a specific reproduction. Uh, level within the six level building right. and uh, you see some stuff right. that was connected that is no longer oh shit and uh, yeah if you said I mean if you've got a sensitivity about dissected cocks there's, he's got a thing about slicing them straight down the middle wow showing you the inside inner workings what when they're hard or soft one of a couple of them were made erect shall we say through the, the process of plastination and other such were they big things. Uh, honestly, it's all a blur because right. you had like, like, like cock blindness. It, it's, <laughs> the, well, there's so many things that you're looking at that you just can't comprehend. Like, so you've got bodies dissected in half quarters. You've got parts of the anatomy: an arm, a leg, a kneecap. Right. And then you've got full 
bodies which are basically skinned in poses showing you how a particular part of the body would react to being in said pose but then like there's a guy with one leg which is still perfectly intact and the other side the kneecap is pulled back so you can see underneath it and it's little things like that that when you really realize what you're looking at all of a sudden there's a wince coming on like, yeah man. Eee. and then you go on to the next one you realize oh shit like that's what testicles and a penis look like without all the skin around it and it's vile it's it's like i mean they're not the best of things I with mean, the skin no exactly and removed i mean it puts you right off your lunch so the big question is would you ever donate your body to that i don't know it depends what floor i was on right because you know there's one where a guy is jumping over a fence Okay. There's one where uh, a chap is balancing a woman on his knee in like a ballerina type pose. Okay. And then there's the reproductive level. Yeah. Where, in a in a really sort of, it's one of those moments where you look at something and you're looking at it and you processed it and you understand what you're looking at and then you're like, what the fuck am I looking at? Yeah. Because I looked at two skinned bodies. Fucking. Yeah. And. To see is that it, what it said on the plinth? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Two skinned bodies. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Fucking. <laughs> see, I reckon if I gave my body over to it, it would be like, this is what a body looks like when a man gives up. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a fully grown penis, but smaller. <laughs> this is a, a normal scrotum. Just a lot saggier. Like, that's what you'd be scared of, wouldn't you? Because you, I we don't... all think that, you know, all right, we might know what our inadequacies or feel we have inadequacies, but ultimately, we kind of feel like we're we're all kind of on a, on a level playing field. But imagine if you... Well, in my mirror, I'm an Adonis, but if oh, I went for medical science, I'd be on the obesity level. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you kind of go, like, imagine giving it over thinking... Oh, I'm going to be like a fucking ballerina. And they're just like, this is basically what happens when you don't care about yourself. (laughs) And you wouldn't want to be that guy. Because then you're epitomised for the rest of your life. Like small children coming over and going, Oh, look at him. Look at how small his cock is. And you've been (laughs) giving your whole life thinking, you know, I know what I'm I'm about. I feel safe in in my body confidence. But you'd end up being, this is... The, the real life human equivalent of the hunchback of Notre Dame <laughs> you know this ladies and gentlemen is what disappointment looks yeah, like yeah <laughs> exactly you'd be like brilliant now I'm epitomised as a fucking disaster what a legacy what a fucking legacy cheers doc yeah <laughs> Twenty-three of them. Twenty-three in the bag. Just knocking them out of the park. Yeah, smashing it, mate. Super easy. I mean, it's, it's been a pleasant ride. Yeah, absolutely. I would say. Yeah, like a like a lovely pepper pig theme toboggan <laughs> <laughs> through barbed wire. Yeah, barbed wire toboggan. <laughs> That's how we'd describe that, it. That sounds like something that the WWE would think up for like its main event. Barbed wire toboggan. <laughs> Who will be the last man standing? Yeah. And everyone just has to ride a toboggan. <laughs> Through, <laughs> Through barbed wire. wire. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a test yeah. of toughness. I think it will catch on. <laughs> I think it will catch on. Oh, man. Uh, 
Speaking of other things that you don't really need. <laughs> <laughs> the king of Segway is back. <laughs> I'm speaking about things. He, speaking about other things that you don't really need. I am gonna try and do a shit Segway for every single thing that I think of. I can't wait for that. I I love that him. is peak creativity. Anyway, I've got a thing you didn't know you needed. Oh shit! Okay. So let's just say that you've got an affliction for birds of prey. <laughs> And you want to help them along their way to reproduction, and you specifically have a falcon. Okay. You can buy a falcon sex hat in which the falcon will perch upon your head and fuck your head (laughs) until its semen is collected within a receptacle. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in hospital, and you felt a bit sick, and they gave you a little bowl, which is sort of made of like yeah, a material. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looks a bit like one of them that is also mixed with Raiden's hat from Mortal Kombat. I don't know if you remember that guy. <laughs> yeah, I do. Typical yeah. sort of Tenchu leader. Well, it kind of hat. the picture to me, it looks like if you try and roll a normal sized beanie hat into a fisherman's beanie, <laughs> and it kind of looks like. Um, it looks what you know those condoms that you just put on the tip <laughs> that's what it looks like a tipper that's what it looks like tipper. I don't think it's called a tipper but... uh, I'm not sure well if you are yeah. interested in breeding falcons and would like your own falcon sex hat they're on Amazon for yeah. £155 <laughs> I mean I mean that's expensive isn't that it? is such a specific thing it really is I really don't need it because I don't... <laughs> well, no. Well, I can remember when I was a kid, my dad taking me to the Hawk Conservancy. And you basically just go there and watch Birds of Prey and you can hold them. Yeah. And just there's like loads of miscellaneous pictures of me holding random Birds of Prey. <laughs> Not once did I see a hat which a falcon fucks <laughs> to collect the semen from to help. I mean, is there a problem <laughs> with falcon breeding that needs that? I suppose it just uh, helps you get a handle on the uh, situation. I mean, why does it have to? Why can't it be a glove? I know. It's got why be, does it have why to be your his head? head? I know. Why does he have to have a? What do you do whilst the falcon is fucking your head? Would more than one falcon land on it? At a a time? falcon orgy. Would you have like three falcons banging away at your hat? Is it falcon or falcon? Falcon. Falcon. I don't know. It's not. That wasn't a loaded question. Peregrine. I'm just going to call it a peregrine from now on. Perry? Perry. Give a bunch of perries fucking your... Three perries on your head Getting face-fucked by a peregrine falcon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think that... <laughs> face-fucked by a peregrine yeah. falcon? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the kind of thing that you normally slam in, isn't it? It is. That's the name of the episode, obviously. What? Face-fucked by a peregrine falcon? <laughs> we haven't been brave enough, listeners, to put a sweary word in the, um, in the we'll get title. Creative. We'll just get creative with it. Yeah. We'll find an old-timey word that has no real-time relevance to sexual activity that used to. I like the word copulation. Facial copulation. <laughs> Fal- <laughs> facial falcon copulation. We'll riff on it. Yeah, we'll you'll riff find on it. it. You'll see also, what it is. I would be quite up. up for interviewing a real-life falconer. 
and does, uh, asking, do you have do you the have Falcon the, the Falcon Sex Act? <laughs> it sounds like a weird position, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe it could be. Oh, what would it be? Well, it would be someone, male, female, whatever, perched upon a head, perched upon a head, and jizzing into a hat on the head. Gee, I'm I've turned into you, mate. You, but you can't blame me because you haven't been around me for ages, so I don't know if you're just showing up. I mean, are you showing off now? No, no. <laughs> you brought the fucking thing to the table. I usually try and circumnavigate the jizz talk, but it's here just, you are bringing the yeah, jizz. Yeah, it's just come to me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Valentine's Day recently. Yes, it was. And you know, look. You would think... The grand Hallmark card day. Well, right, well, you'd think in Babble HQ that we would be incredibly cynical about Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. But actually, I don't think either of us are. We not necessarily buy into it, but we certainly, you know, appreciate... Our ladies. But, I don't know if you've ever seen it, the thing that I participated in is probably too much of a strong statement certainly i watched something which reignited a love that i didn't know i had okay so i'm proposing this is the first ever part of a feature that i would like to call things you didn't know you liked okay because we're all about the hate talk yes but things you didn't know you liked and the first thing that i want to put on things you didn't know you liked list is Michael Bolton. <laughs> right? Now, Valentine's Day, there is a Michael Bolton Valentine's Day special that is on Netflix. Right. Right? And I watched it last year because it came out on Valentine's Day and liked it so much that I watched it again. And it's essentially Michael Bolton hosting a telethon. And the yeah. telethon is in aid because population numbers are dropping. So they need Michael Bolton to inspire people to fuck. And there was a live telethon happening. Now, when I say to you that one of the celebrities, in quotations, that are on the manning the phones is Sinbad. (laughs) Sinbad just appears. Oh, my God. For no reason. And it goes through a series of sketches. Some of them are funny. Some of them are not. Right. Michael Bolton is hilarious. <laughs> and there's a I won't ruin it for you or for the listeners because I would definitely suggest watching it. Okay. Where there's a reference to peak 90s Bolton. Right. Because obviously he now has short hair. Yes. But the thing that I really wanted to bring to you is how fucking good Michael Bolton's voice is. <laughs> now, when I was growing up, Michael Bolton was never on my radar. No. And he was one of those kind of novelty guys. Yeah. But then when you watch it, and when I say to you that there is a version of dueling banjos between him and Andy Samberg playing Kenny G. Okay. And Michael Bolton is doing it just with his voice. <laughs> and they start having this duel and there's like smoke coming out of his throat. Mate, it's fucking funny. But it led me on to some of Michael Bolton's album names and pictures of albums are fucking hilarious oh amazing so I'm gonna I'm not gonna go through all of them because there's about 400 of them (laughs) but I'm gonna give you the best ones okay 
No, you have things like Greatest Hits, Essential Michael Bolton, yeah, Love yeah, Songs, yeah. etc. So I'm going to start from the top. His first album was called Michael Bolletin, because that's actually his name. Michael Bolletin. Michael Bolletin. <laughs> then there's Every Day of My Life. Then he releases Michael Bolton, and this is, I'm going to show Lee the picture right now. <laughs> peak. Brian May. Peak, peak <laughs> fucking Bolton. He's got Everybody's Crazy, and in the picture he's wearing, I mean, like a red oh gee, basically. Jesus Christ. Um, he's got a, he's, so then he's got an album called The Hunger, Soul Provider, Time, love, and tenderness, where he is sitting um, on a chair backwards, so he's leaning on the fucking um, <laughs> back of the looking. Yeah, your eyes. he's got that. What the one thing? This is time, which is the the Christmas album. Right. All that matters. My secret passion. The arias. Timeless. The classics. Timeless. The classics. Volume two. <laughs> Only a woman like you. Vintage. That's me, Bolton sw- swings Sinatra, <laughs> a swinging Christmas, ain't no mountain high enough, and songs of cinema. Now, in order to try and involve copyright infringement, I'm going to only play you a very short section, but I'm going to play you a section of Michael Bolton singing <laughs> something, and I almost guarantee that you would never in a million years have thought that Michael Bolton would sing this. Are you ready? Yes. I got a woman way over town that's good to me Hang on a minute. He's singing Black Street, no diggity. No! It's I've Got a Woman by Ray Charles! (laughs) I know it is, but obviously the sample is no diggity. It's used in that. It's the same. Is it? It's the same. That digs on me. No, that's fucking. What am I thinking of? That's Kanye West. Oh no, it isn't it? Gold digger. Gold digger, of course it is. See, well, you fucked that up. That, didn't that you? shows you how um, how up to speed I am. <laughs> Listeners, I'm really sorry. Lee has just sullied peak Bolt Michael Bolton <laughs> convo. <laughs> By fucking it up. I'm thrown off by the fact you look like Brian fucking May in them photos. Yeah, I'll post some of them on the Instagram, which you can follow at Babamut Pod and Twitter at Babamut Pod. Um, if you want to email to let us know how disappointed in Lee's <laughs> musical knowledge, you can do so at at gmail.com. Hello to the Facebook group where you can send abusive <laughs> shit to him yeah. because, you know, because I never make a mistake, listeners. <laughs> You I'm never fucking fuck golden. It. But if look, listeners, if this is the last time you tune in because of Lee's shittiness, then that's fine. If I leave you with only one thing, it is go and listen to Michael Bolton. Your life will be better for it. Don't be angry. Don't be pissed. Just sit there and put it on your hate list. My turn or your turn? Your turn. Okay. I've got two. Okay, hit me with one. The first one is those metal things that you get in doctor's surgeries and waiting rooms with beads on for kids to play with. (laughs) 
Like the crazy wiggly yeah, wire Yeah, colour wire things. Why do you hate them? Because they're fucking pointless. <laughs> <laughs> they help teach important... No, they don't. They teach nothing. skills. That's bollocks. I hated them when I was a kid. <laughs> I hate them when I'm an adult. I'm not saying I hate them as an adult because I tried one the other day and it was shit. <laughs> I just mean when you're sat there... Just imagining you as an adult. <laughs> yeah, over yeah, yeah. Why this fucking On a tiny thing? chair. Just yes. because it's like you're sat in a waiting room and you're... You know, I was in the town hall and I'm waiting and I'm trying to listen for my number being called out. Mm. And there's a kid fucking bashing the shit out of metal with beads. Pointless. Get rid of them. So what would you replace it with to entertain this small blighter? I don't know. Fucking kaplunk. Kaplunk. Actually, that's really loud. Kaplunk. That's a terrible idea. I mean, give him a piano. <laughs> Drunk it. <laughs> uh, what's a quiet game? A book. <laughs> Give him a fucking colouring book. book. Have a colouring book. Well, I know I'm going to send the kids to you. Yeah, they can have a colouring book. And some buttered Weetabix. <laughs> and they can... <coughs> what? Hang on. Oh, buttered yeah. Weetabix? Yeah, so this is actually a Beaker's about. Beaker actually revealed something about themselves, which was when they were um, a kid... Their mum used to send them to school, um, and one of the packed lunches they had was buttered Weetabix and a tin of stewed fruit w- without a tin opener. So Beaker had to go and ask the dinner lady to borrow a tin <laughs> opener. And like, hey, hang on, yeah, what, one buttered Weetabix. I know, man. I mean, what is that? Well, it's. I don't understand. No, I know it's crazy. Um, secondly. Stewed fruit. Yeah, you know you get kind of like pineapple chunks. So is it is it some sort of fruit cocktail which is mulched, essentially? I mean, or is it boiled up into mulch? I mean, no, 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 no. Not like pie filling. Now I don't know why it stews. Perhaps not the right word. But you know, like you get like pineapple rings in a tin. Yeah, yeah. And you get like pears in a tin. Mm. It's just that. Right. So not just so a mixture of. Yeah, and and obviously normally they have ring pulls. Yeah, but this but was just this, a tin. Yeah, and, and the other thing was, Beaker said, you know, other kids have you know, nice sort of um, peanut butter sandwiches and a packet of crisps and, you know, yeah. a Kit Kat. She got a thermos of stew. <laughs> <laughs> so it's your turn. It is my turn. Yeah. And mine is part-time Instagram models. So not oh, people okay. that actually do the whole modelling thing and get paid for it. Just people that <coughs> exist, like your eye, that for no apparent reason during their day, stop, walk over to a particular piece of architecture and pose in front of it so someone can take a photo. Mm. As I've already mentioned, I was in Amsterdam recently mm-hmm. and something about a nice city makes people do this a lot. Yeah. Matt, it was constant. And like it was happening on bridges... It was happening outside particular churches. It happened in Primark. In Primark? We went in to get an emergency pair of shoes because we'd realised that a pair of shoes were not packed. Right. So while shopping in Primark, someone stood in front of like a Primark advertisement and started posing and someone was taking a photo. Anyway, the best time... Well, I say best. The funniest time yeah, yeah. this happened was when we were returning to our very quiet, very low-key 
city centre abode. Yeah. It's delightful. It's down a little tiny alleyway that was just off a main road, but you'd never go down there because it was a dead end. There was nothing else there, just people's homes. Yeah. And uh, we returned back and we, we walked into it, and it's very picturesque. And these two people would agree because what we were posed with was a girl posing in the middle of the alleyway and a guy with what I can only describe as a telescopic sized camera <laughs> lens. Like, yeah, honestly, like the ones you get football matches. He, he was at full stretch like it was a rifle <laughs> aiming at this girl. And uh, and, and, and telling my wife, she, she stopped. She's like, oh, wait, wait. I was like, no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go home, yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to wait for their photo shoot to finish. I'm just going to walk through. They can wait for us to move if they're not happy. We carried on. We went back, and as we sort of turned the corner a bit more, I noticed there was a chap stood to the left, very well dressed, sort of slightly older, maybe sort of late forties, business suit kind of guy, on his bicycle. And uh, as we walked past, he just made this noise, <sighs> and straight away I was like. He's English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's extremely pissed off. Yeah. I bet he lives here. And as we got just to the end, <laughs> just to the end of where, where we were staying, uh, the chap who was taking a photo said to him, do you want to come past? And he went, no, I live there. I want to park my bike where you're stood. So carry on and take a photo. And he went, would you mind moving out of the shop? At to which point, I imagine the inside of the English gentleman's body yeah. was at red hot temperatures because he just retorted with, No, no, carry on, take a photo. Instagram is waiting. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> what a fucking hero. Bike suit is a hero. He, b- b- English gentleman bike suit man is, was my favourite part of the entire week. Yeah, of course. He, he just made it for me. And, and it, it just sort of pointed out the problem of, don't just stop and take a photo because you like it and expect the world yeah. to stop around you because you're doing so. Well, it's funny because we, when we were in Scotland, we went to Loch Lomond, mm. and um, it's obviously it's fucking beautiful, mm. and it's one of the kind of wonders of the UK. And as we were leaving, a coachload of tourists turned up, and the first thing they started doing was taking photographs of um, a phone box. If you look, no, no, not even red, just a shitty old phone box, right? And kind of looking at it as if it was a novelty and posing in front of it. And if you turned half an inch to the left, it's fucking you can see Loch Lomond, and they're all like, oh, fucking phone box, but not this amazing. No, 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 no. It's like, oh, look at this weird (laughs) thing that they have in their country. People make me sad. This is a, this has been a twenty three episode cry for help. <laughs> what else you got for me? My second entry to the hate list is what I've called um, busting shit piss interception. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. So if you're ever in a situation where you are either staying with someone or a bunch of people or you live with someone or a bunch of people and you really, really need a shit. Yes. And just as you're about to go in for a shit, someone asks you, are you going in for a shit or are you using the bathroom? And you say yes. And they go, can I just have a wee first? And they go in and it's the same, not necessarily just a shit, a shower, bath, whatever. They go in and they don't just piss and get out. 
they pierce and then start doing a puzzle. <laughs> I mean, it's like I am I am literally things are in the departure lounge to stay in contrast with the fucking airport travel episode. I I mean, if you don't hurry up, I'm going to shit myself. Yeah. So you know, what do you want from me? In fact, it reminds me of a story when I lived with my housemate Kendall. Um his brother Rob, he lives um most of the time he lives in Spain. Um, but when he used to come back, he used to come and stay with us. Um, and there were several things that were really funny about when Rob used to come and stay. Like, for example, he managed to, to cook, like, a bolognese. managed to use every utensil in the entire <laughs> kitchen. Things we didn't even know we fucking had. Um, and I can remember Kendall telling me a story about how he woke up to the sound of Rob heating up some milk in a pan on the stove. I said, what do you mean you woke up to sound? And Kendall was like, he, got, he heard, ping, ting, fucking ping, ting, 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 like 4am in the morning. He's like, for fuck's sake. But you know, like when you live with someone, like Kendall and I lived together and it was just the two of us. And whenever someone used to come and kind of stay or whatever, especially those staying for a long time, it, it was just another person to kind of consider. And obviously, yeah, yeah Rob's amazing. But when we lived together, Rob used to um, Kendall and I never did but Rob used to have a bath right and I can remember what he kept saying about having a bath because he used to do a lot of kind of outdoor education outdoor activities mm. stuff and um, he'd had a re- he'd been away on like a trip for some qualification or something that he was doing so he'd been camping for like four days in the pissing rain in a mountain and all this kind of <laughs> stuff and he came back like carted all this bear grills. shit yeah he is basically Rob is basically Bear grills, yeah. just way way better looking um, and <laughs> some context we always joke about him being a handsome man um, Rob's like oh, I can't wait to have a bath I was like yeah man you look like you fucking need it you look knackered he's like yeah I can't wait to have a bath relax go to bed so I'm in my room doing what I'm doing Rob like runs a bath, sets his laptop up, mm. puts loads of candles out and some bubble bath, <laughs> like proper like from some Kenny G and have yeah. a bath. And about two thirds of the way through, well, no, not even that, a third of the way into his bath, I had to bang on the door, like Rob, I need to come in for a shit, mate. <laughs> and we only had one bathroom. And it was kind of like bath, and then at the end of the bath was the toilet. And he's got these fucking candles on and the laptop. I had to unlock the door from the outside because he was in the bath, bust in, and he put a flannel over his business. And I just sat there, and it wasn't just like a normal shit. The whole world fell out of my ass. It was proper, like, biblical shit. And it obviously was like, it fucking stunk as well. What are you and doing to this episode, I man? I know, I'm, I'm coming down to your level. And Rob's lying in the bath, just, and I'm just looking at him like, I'm just going, I'm really sorry, man. I'm really, I'm sorry. really, really I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, just, and like, he was just sat there like, well, because he couldn't get out of the bath. No, he was just, he was he just, was like, just well, a victim. Well, this is happening. I'm here now. There's not much I can do. So I want to make a public apology to you, Rob. I'm really sorry that I once had explosive diarrhea whilst you were trying to have a nice bath. Sorry, mate. I have to tell you something, actually, that I forgot about. Okay. It's another story from Glasgow. I see. Um, So I had a lovely time. There was lots of... We went and saw lots of things and... It was great. Um, 
day one. Mm. So we get there late on the mon- on Monday night. So we kind of just chill. Whatever. Tuesday morning, go into town, get some supplies. Now, listeners will know this if they've listened back. But if for some unknown reason you've started here, you may not know that I have had an unhealthy obsession with iron brew. <laughs> yes, just a bit. Now, an obsession. I haven't had iron brew of any form for nearly a month for the first time That's in a really long you. time. Yeah. Really good. Because you can't get it anymore and I'm not buying it, I'm not bulk buying it off the internet and all that kind of craziness. Right. But when I was in Glasgow, I thought I'm going to go on a bit of a mission where possible to see if I can find anything. Now, knowing full well that Glasgow is probably the last place in the world that's going to have the old batch of iron brew. So, sorry, if you don't know, context is, if you haven't listened before, they changed the recipe, they halved the sugar, destroyed the taste, ruined my life. <laughs> um, so we go into this um, newsagents. Now, I haven't really thought about the iron brew thing at this point, but mm. go into the newsagents, um, and there's a couple of people, and this guy, proper Ouija, comes back bounding into the shop um, and starts having an uh, I'm sort of in the midst of being served and opens with this you the shop that sells the iron brew <laughs> but like that loud and I sort of look round at him and the guy behind the counter's like what? he's like I heard somewhere that you're the shop that's selling the old sh- full sugar iron brew is that true? <laughs> and the guy's like, no, man. And he turns, he's like, oh, for fuck's sake, man. I've been travelling around here for so long trying to find a place. People keep fucking lying to me, man. And I'm kind of like, you know, don't feed the animals, don't look at him, just look straight forward. Then he starts having a conversation with the two guys behind me mm. about a fight that broke it's like you should have fucking seen it last night man this big cunt comes strolling out of this fucking pub and it's this guy you're fucking and he starts talking so quickly <laughs> and so Glaswegian that my obviously more untrained Glaswegian ear sense can't I can't in. quite pick it up I've only been there for like four hours I can't quite pick it up yet <laughs> and he's like okay, okay, do you fucking not do it mate you're in the fucking flare and it's, it's fucking blood everywhere <laughs> And then he turns to me and he's like, you know, because you, if you're Glaswegian, you got to look after your own right, pal. And I went, aye, man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I looked at him and he went, yeah, respect, brother, respect. And he goes for a fist bump. Yeah. So I give him a fist bump. And all this is going on, all I want to do is buy, I think I was buying some fags. Like, I just want to <laughs> give me a fucking packet of cigarettes. Yeah. And then fist bump should have been enough. He was like, come here. And puts his arms out. I was like, I don't really want to hug him. Because at this point, I realised that there's a good chance that he's some kind of Heza, yeah. heroin addict fucking freak. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And I'm kind of half a second reluctant to give him a hug. Yeah. And he goes, don't worry, pal. I'm not going to shag you. <laughs> and I was like, good. Well, good. Well, good, I should hope not. <laughs> I'm bigger than you and stronger than you. You wouldn't even if you tried. <laughs> Gave him a hug. He's like, yeah, respect, brother, respect, and goes storming out the shop. <laughs> I look back at the guy, and there's these, t- and it's like a little kind of Glaswegian whirlwind that's just fucking bust into the <laughs> shop. And I was like, oh. 
I wonder why he didn't want to shag me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. Come in here ruining me life. But the good news is, listeners, a couple of days later, I found the news agent that was selling the old cans of Iron Brew. I sent you the picture, you didn't did. I? Yeah, you were um, very happy with yourself. So I broke my kind of Iron Brew hiatus, which I'm back on. You know, I'm not going to have it again. But um, it was £4 a can. I mean... That's that is black market prices. Oh yeah, I had to I had to you know do some recon, stand on some street corners. And go, Psh, I'm brew, I'm brew, I'm brew, I'm brew. Just whispering it at people. Yeah, I'm brew, I'm brew, I'm brew, 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 brew. brew, 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 You know I can get the brew. I find the brew. <laughs> and I went into I went into a news agent another oh basically it just sounds just like I just Glasgow went from news agents no I didn't literally there's only two I went into and the second one again I just went into to get a bottle of water and I walked in and there was a dog there so I was stroking the dog and um, bought a bottle of water and she was like oh you don't want an iron brew then it was like she, she could sense it and I was like no nah, and I was like well you know I'm looking, I'm still, you know, you can't get the old sugar stuff. And she was literally like, looked around the shop to make sure there was no one there. So I leant over the counter, checked, did a, did a secret handshake, did a couple of <laughs> knocks. And she was like, I heard there's a police. <laughs> no, I'm going, mate, I'm going full skit. This is what happened. This is, this is, this is exactly, this is not embellished at all. I leant over the counter. It was a 1930s New York speakeasy. I leant over. What can I do for you, son? <laughs> I'm looking for the brew. <laughs> and she goes, no, come closer. So I leant in. And she said, uh, I've heard of a police. It might be a myth. But I've heard there's a place where brew still exists. I said, Tell me more. If you right, I'll keep going, but I am going to put a soundtrack over this. Okay, let's carry. I've heard there's a there's a place that you can go to where it still exists. Go on. You take the third right past the last exit. Ask for Marv. Marv will take you to a guy called Barry. Barry will ask you, what's the fourth Earl of Sussex? You say. <laughs> Shut up. I'm doing a whole thing. You say. Paul. <coughs> when he hears the word Paul, he'll take you. He'll take you, he'll put a bag over your head and you'll, a van will pull up, you'll get thrown in the back of the van. You must never tell anyone the location. You'll drive three and a half miles outside Glasgow Centre <coughs> and you will find... The Church of Brew. The Church of Brew. <laughs> nah, I literally just went into a shop and they were selling it for four pound a can. And so we've reached the thrilling end of another wonderful episode. Yeah, it's been a, an emotional roller coaster. They always are. 
Yeah, it's good to be back in HQ though. Yeah, it's nice to see you. Yeah. Um, so, if you'll allow it, I, I'd like to post something for the outro. I will allow it. So I thought I would end episode 23 with story time. Ooh. Now, not story time in the conventional sense, as in it's not about me or you or anyone we know. Okay. But I became made aware of a website. And that website is called Literotica. Literotica. Now, it is fairly self-explanatory. It is fan erotic fiction. Beautiful. Now, I had a look through some of it, and some of it was incredibly funny. Yeah. But I found what I think is the single maddest piece of fan <laughs> fiction, and I will hope, and I hope if you will allow it, for me to read it to you. So, so you're going to read the story to me? I'm going to read you a fan, and the listeners, a fan fiction story. It's not particularly long, it's a fairly short fan fiction story, but I just want to know what you think about it. Okay. So the story is called Harry Potter and the First Encounter. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah, I think so. Okay, listeners, get your hot cocoa. Settle in. Hogwarts sighed and it echoed within its em his empty halls. The students had all left for the summer and he felt empty and useless. You're looking at me already? Hagrid was often around, but he was usually too focused on bizarre animals to fulfil the needs of Hogwarts. Professors would pop in occasionally, but being a magic school, Hogwarts didn't need much upkeeping. The little he did need was taken care of by Filch. Filch. <laughs> Do you know who Filch is? Is that the caretaker? Guy? Yes. Right. The giant squid saw how miserable Hogwarts was. It was true that he also missed the students, but for an entirely different reason. He missed their terrified screams as he revealed himself, rising from the murky depths of the lake. His eyes, sorry, his huge eyes stared mournfully at his very large tentacles. At one time, he had dreams of being an actor. <laughs> <laughs> the larger he grew, the fewer agents and scouts would come calling until they finally stopped altogether. There wasn't much in the market for a squid that would split a schoolgirl from stem to stem. <laughs> he stared at his tentacles as they moved gently in the current. A plan formed in his mind and he swam to the surface, hesitating momentarily before pulling himself from the water. The water ran off his rubbery skin in rivulets as he made his way across the grounds. No humans were around to witness the incredible trek, and no human would believe his eyes had he been a witness. Hogwarts watched the giant squid approach and felt apprehension well up in his kitchen. What are you doing? What are you doing? The words weren't spoken, but they were understood. Just trust me, 
the giant squid replied, caressing Hogwarts' outer walls. What do you mean replied? It wasn't said at first. How did he reply? So at the moment, no, at the I'm not ready, Hogwarts exclaimed, <laughs> trying to push the giant squid away with his magic. Hogwarts, you're lonely. I'm lonely. We don't have to be. Besides, you can't go around manipulating your staircases. You know about that? replied Hogwarts. Everyone does. Oh, everyone does it. Sort of. That's beside the point. I've never... The temperature within rose in embarrassment. <laughs> the squid said... I'll go slow. <laughs> the squid said. He began oh. to caress a window, teasing it open. Hogwarts sighed, the fight leaving him. He relaxed, allowing the tentacle inside where it brushed against the inner walls before settling on the stone floor. He fastened the suction cups to the floor, lifting the tentacle away so it pulled the floor without losing its grip. Another sigh swept through the halls of Hogwarts. Oh, Merlin, that feels so good. Where the fuck is Merlin? Where did Merlin come from? Merlin the squid. Oh, my God. <laughs> His rapture turned to fright as he felt a tentacle work its way into the second window. I don't. Trust me. It will feel good. Remember this? He pulled the suction cups a little harder and Hogwarts groaned. Do that again, Hogwarts said. The giant squid complied, and as he did so, thrust his second tentacle in. Hogwarts shuddered, coming very close to ending the fun. The giant squid backed off, unwilling to finish so soon. He waited for Hogwarts to calm down before sending the second tentacle to search the room. He felt the need to fill Hogwarts as much as possible, and he raised another tentacle, caressing his outer walls running along windowsills and tracing individual bricks. So caught up in the bliss, Hogwarts didn't notice the giant squid slip in a third and fourth tentacle. This is incredible, Hogwarts breathed. This isn't even the best part, said the giant squid. He held up his two longest tentacles. He said, these can reach farther than a room. They can go into your hallways. Hogwarts replied, I want them in me. <laughs> oh my God. Are you sure, said the squid. They're quite large. Apprehension rolled through Hogwarts' kitchen again. While he was deciding, the giant squid forced another tentacle in. You have three tentacles left to decide, said the squid. What happens if I don't, said Hogwarts. In response, the giant squid slid a sixth into an, another window. Two, he said simply, and with a hint of warning. Hogwarts could take them all, he knew he could. But what would the other wizarding schools think? Would bow battens allow a giant squid to violate her? Certainly not. If Durmstrang ever found out, there'd be no end of teasing. The giant squid grew impatient and slid a seventh tentacle into the window, followed immediately by an eighth. Two, one. Time's up and you didn't decide. What? But that's not fair, said Hogwarts. It's a simple answer. Yes or no. Now I'll have to punish you. And with that, he struck Hogwarts square on the outer wall with a paddle-like tentacle. What? Hogwarts yelped and tried to squirm away, but the tentacles and his foundation held firm. The giant squid struck with another. Again and again, he spanked the naughty wizarding school until he sobbed for the giant, quid, 
the giant squid to stop and still he spanked the giant squid finally stopped but Hogwarts didn't have time for a reprieve before the giant squid forces extra long spanking tentacles into two separate windows they slid through the room and forced the doors open the pain only adding to Hogwarts's pleasure the tentacles were in the halls, halls now massaging the long stone tunnels this was incredible the giant squid thought he really should have done this ages ago every tentacle was in a different window no school kid no matter how many movies they made could hold all ten tentacles at once each one moved differently with a different pace driving hogwarts crazy with the inability to match his speed he felt that familiar feeling and doubled his efforts. Ink exploded all over Hogwarts, <laughs> some finding its way to the windows. He unified his tentacles somewhat, completely focused on Hogwarts. He must be close. Then it happened. Water shot out of the faucet, toilets overflowed, and toilets overflowed, and bread set in ovens to keep warm by the thoughtful, by thoughtful house elves exploded. Hogwarts shook violently to its foundation, rousing Filch from the bed and even ascending and sending house elves and Mrs. Norris scrambling for cover. Even Hagrid heard the groan of the stone and came running. They searched around and through the castle, but found no sign of intruders. Most perplexing was the sticky ink on one side of the castle. Hagrid peered through the dark towards the lake, but was unable to see ripples left in the wake of the giant squid. The giant squid slipped beneath the waves, wanting to grin even though his beak was incapable. He anticipated a very short summer before the professors and students returned, so he'd better make the most of it. Uh, I mean... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Where the f- fuck do I start? I know, man. Right, one. Go on. Why the fuck is it a house and a giant squid? Uh, Two. Okay. Why is it a male house and a male squid? Why is that so specific? Three. Why does it turn into Fifty Shades of Masonry paint towards the end and he starts with a paddle-like tendril? What the fuck? What was that? I mean, a sentient house. I would say castle, school, whatever. Animal Farm, nineteen eighty four. Yep. Wuthering Heights. Yep. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yep. Hogwarts and a giant squid in First Encounter. Harry Potter and the First Encounter. I mean, where was Harry? Doesn't matter. Not important. <laughs> Well done, him. I know, right? I will. I will make a pledge to you and to the listeners that I will do my very best to find the man who wrote it and see if he's got anything else, and hopefully bring you another disgusting, bizarre, and fucking crazy version of Harry Potter erotic fan fiction. <laughs> As God is my witness. <laughs> I will do everything I can to bring this to the people. You deserve it. Thank you. I think it's time to go. I've already gone, man.